0: Dental.com. He this is the last minute blues podcast with Jeff Burton, Donnie Fandango, and former blues defenseman Jamie Rivers. It is the last minute blues podcast. Donnie Fandango and Jeff Burton from 1057 the point and from our sister station and former St. Louis Blue defenseman, Mr. Jamie Rivers. Gentlemen, what's going on?
1: Ah, hanging out, living the dream with uh, you and you over there. Just a
2: beautiful day in the neighborhood, Jeff.
1: You know what? I've known you for, what, 900 years? Too long. Something like that. <laughs> yes. Uh, 20-something years, 10 or so haven't been good. Um, we were just chatting <laughs> before. Eight. I never noticed how gnarly your hand was before, and I don't oh, mean that yeah. as a as a shot, but sometimes we forget after an NHL career Your body is uh, not the way it was when you first started. Yeah, no, you couldn't return this product to the store. They'd they'd know you've used it. If anybody thinks that he's wearing a pinky ring, it would be on his right hand, not his left. This is more like a – it's my shrimp, I call it. My goodness.
0: Was that a particular
2: incident? Uh, Well, I had it broken a couple of times with slap shots. Oddly enough, like when you go to block a shot, you – Leave yourself out there. And I always say, people, you can always tell the guys who want to block shots because they actually try to get hit by the puck. Mm -hmm. And when the puck would go to, like, the glove side, this would be my glove side if I'm a goalie, instinctually, I would throw my hand up where there's no padding on the inside. So it would just blow apart the finger. And then one time late in my career, I got in a fight with a guy, and he was right-handed, and you got your hand in the jersey, and he's throwing punches as hard as he can because he wants to knock your face off, right? Which is understandable. Sure, now, I don't blame him. I was trying to do the same thing, <laughs> but his when he did it, it tore this finger all the way back and ah. ripped all the tendons and everything. Ah. So it was actually folded back on my
0: ah. hand, but I held on to that goddamn arm, man. Oh man! <laughs> well, dude, so, so my Holt over here. My dad was a machinist for forty some odd years. And his hands kind of look like that a little bit, you know, where, where you know, finger are for where were there, you know, presses and things like that. That's just incredible, man. Yeah, and he was Damn. making NHL money, too, oh, right? Your dad oh, was. Yeah. You better believe it. And Crown <laughs> Zellerbach, you absolutely better believe it.
2: <laughs> I, he might have been making more than me, though. Let's just be honest. That's okay, It's Rivers,
1: awesome. not Hull. He doesn't have cool-ass jerseys hanging in his, <laughs> you know, in his
0: closet, Hey, this is, this is way off, off of anything we normally talk about. But a couple of weeks ago, Jamie... Uh your old, your one of your sons was in here uh, yes. with us. And I was thinking about this that day because they're twins, right? Yes. Can you imagine the grocery bill in the Rivers household. Oh, dude, it's sick. But just for the two of them alone, I have an 11-year-old, a 10-year-old, my 19-year-old who's hardly ever home, and we still burn through the groceries like yeah, crazy. Yeah, the same
1: way. I've got a 20- and a 17-year-old, and I think a couple in the Niagara Falls area. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> but just for those two, my good, we drive around town. To, to get groceries to try to save money. yeah. Because I'm in Eureka, they're not smart enough to have an Aldi there. We go to Aldi and Fenton and then Walmart and Eureka to try to save some money off the thing, which we spend most of our day and gas money,
0: so I don't know if it's working or not. Yeah. But
1: damn, expensive food. Yeah, yeah man. And
0: especially if you want to eat well. Or, and not well in, like, steaks and things, but if you want to eat healthy, like, man, that, yeah. that is not, and that's if, not
1: cheap. With them being hockey players, I'd imagine you look at their diet a bit, right? Well, you try to, right?
2: But you you met Ashton, who was my son, that was in. here. I mean, he's a hoss. Like, my a God! I told
1: somebody he was sixteen. <laughs> yeah, he's and they 16. thought I mispronounced twenty six. <laughs> yeah, no, he's six five two thirty. You know, did you notice his shoes didn't match though? I don't did know you how notice smart that he he's
2: not really doesn't really look like me? I did notice. That. <laughs> I did. <laughs> <laughs> but no, they they eat a ton. I honestly, I'm not lying when I say this, and um, I could prove it. With my bank statements, we're at the grocery store every day. Every day, the people at Schnucks in, in our little area—they uh, know us all by name. They know the family. They know exactly. And what's not going because on. you're
1: a former hockey player. Because <laughs> nope. you're there so much. No,
2: it was like five years, and they were like, "Oh my God, you played hockey? Oh, you know yeah, the, guy the, weird... the guy with the weird—the guy with the weird pinky <laughs> played hockey. That guy <laughs> that, that the plays weird? with his debit card with the weird pinky can never hit the button properly.
1: <laughs> yeah. Wow, so just like a, a weekly basis, uh, uh, a dollar dollar sign.
2: Honestly, it's probably about five hundred bucks a week. Man, probably about five hundred bucks a week. When you take into it, maybe even more, depending on like if they have a lot of hockey games or hockey practices, and the intake is a little larger because they'll have two dinners. Like last night's a great example. They had a hockey game here in town. Um, you have your regular meal beforehand, and then when they get back after hockey, well, they're famished, right? they So it's a whole. New, it's like shift change. Okay, yeah. bring in the next dinner.
0: You right, know? yeah and yeah. here
2: comes the next dinner. Wow,
0: I, so, I can honestly, and I could see those boys like, like if there's one donut left, legitimately there being yeah. a fist fight for said one donut. Dude, they
2: fight over oxygen. <laughs> it ain't even funny. I become like Big John McCarthy from the UFC, where <laughs> I'm like, all right, you ready? fighter, ready? Fighter, ready? Yeah. Okay, let's get it on. <laughs> and wow. we actually funny, and I know you guys will will understand this. <laughs> In my house, especially knowing that you, you guys know me, uh-huh. it got to a point where I had to establish rules, like the Nevada State like Boxing Commission, right? So now we have the Rivers Commission at our house, and there's rules of engagement because I'm not always going to be home. And my wife can't break it up. My daughters can't break it up. And these two get after each other. Like, it's grown men. Like bigger than grown men. They're yeah. like animals going yeah. at
1: it. Yeah, they're big boys. Yeah, it's like
2: gorillas in the mist. <laughs> and these guys are just silverbacks going at it. And so yeah. I had to establish some ground rules. I said, first of all, no punching in the face, okay? That's the moneymaker. Look at this face. Right. My, your dad, you just, it's not worth it. Don't <laughs> get punched in the face. Yeah. Let's not do that. And if there's a tap out, at any point you have to stop
1: you have to stop and you can't re-engage wait they're literally going to that point oh, when yeah. they fight really well, how, oh, Is oh, it yeah. screwing around or are they really upset with you? no, no it's like really the title's on the line really yes but i mean playing around or not playing around is Jeff, my point fully they're, serious yeah, wow. i bet
2: yes and so i established the rules you know a choke out if you're Opponent goes limp, you have to let go because he may not tap. Like my one boy, I, I live by that he'd role. rather die than tap out. Mm-hmm. So we had to establish a non-tap out rule. Right. And so that's in place now. Uh, there's always a the tap out rule. And if you, if you re-engage after the tap out rule, you have to fight the heavyweight champ, which is me. Oh boy! <laughs> and so far, they're not really up there yet. So he still has a little bit of uh, element of fear involved. Uh, let's see what else we got. Yeah, no punching in the face, uh, no fighting on the stairs. Because we had that one time and somebody went right through the wall.
0: Oh, I was just going to ask if anybody had broken anything. Yes, there's a
2: couple of broken bedroom doors, a broken TV. Um, Yeah, I think that's it so far. But quick question Do they have a criminal record yet? (laughs) Working on it. Do
1: we need boarding school? (laughs) Yes. But can you imagine? This is why you don't have knives in your house, like kitchen knives, right?
2: Yeah, we've uh, actually—they're all in a safe. It's like (laughs) people lock up their guns. We we lock up all sharp objects. Now I did catch my one son out in the garage grinding down a screwdriver the other day. I think he was making a shank.
1: Oh, Oh, God. god.
0: My brother was 4 years younger than I was and we beat the crap out of each other all the time. If we if him and I were the same age, it would have been WrestleMania every day in the, in in the in the household. Well, think man. about it, right? They're twins. Oh man. So there's competition for
2: everything. Yeah. They run with the same circle of friends. Um you know, my one son has a steady girlfriend for over a year now, but at beforehand it was like a fair game, right? Like if you're going to date somebody, it's like who could get there first or who's interested in who. So you had that whole thing, throw in the hockey player part of it, and now who scored more goals, who has more assists, who hits harder, who skates faster? Holy shit, there's something every other minute that <laughs> they can
1: compete at. Dude, with. But, your poor wife. That's why when I see her, she looks like a hostage. <laughs> well, on some nights she is. Oh, that's a good we point. We do put her in a cage. You've met the woman. I've seen her a handful of times at <laughs> Enterprise for games, and she still has like her cooking thing on. Like her, and you know, an ankle brace. Yeah, and <laughs> <laughs> but I bet you, she's if, still got her apron on when <laughs> she's at the blues game.
0: But when those guys are on the ice together, and if one of them gets crossed by somebody else, I bet you they're the first one to oh. stick up for for the other and beat the bejesus Christ out of anybody that's trying to mess with the other brother.
2: Yeah, there's hell to be paid. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. They they. They are pretty well-known as aggressive kids. I don't know
1: where they get it. You mean and on the ice? On the ice. Okay. Well, we'll Not think. with the local authorities. No, 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 no. Okay. No, no, on oh, the yeah.
2: ice. Okay. Um, now, they, they, they do stick up for each other like crazy, but I learned the hard way early on in their hockey careers, hockey lives, can't play them on the same line together uh, because you know how comfortable you are with, like, a relative or a best friend, and so when shit goes sideways – you feel totally able to, like, yell at them. Yeah, you, got, like, you have no filter because yeah. it's your do brother. What are you doing? Yeah. You sucked on that play. Where the hell yeah. were you here? You should try. And so I ended up where they were on the same line at one point and they ended up, like, fighting on the bench. I'm like, I can't have this shit anymore. So I'm like, never again. And you can't play them against each other in practice. You have to put them on the same team. Because they beat the bejesus out of each other there, too. (laughs) It's interesting. Honestly, I'm going back with boarding school. I I would love to. Anybody have a sponsorship? Because I can't afford it. Because nobody sponsors this goddamn podcast. Speaking of
1: sponsorships. Are they too old for the Goddard School? Hey, Goddard School. I know some people at the Goddard School. Can we help them out with that? Is that where they're allowed to eat crayons? I think maybe. <laughs> okay, perfect. Oh,
0: so uh, I guess we can talk about hockey yeah, sort of if, well. if we'd like. we kind of segued into it. Can I, before we talk, yeah, I yeah, can I bring
1: yeah. up something baseball-wise? Yeah. With no. the whole thing with the Houston asterisks, you know, those guys? Yeah. With, <sighs> the, with the cheating and everything and all that stuff. First of all, I wanted to just reply to everything that they were saying on 101 yesterday, and maybe somebody did. When Manford, is his name right, Yeah, said the thing about, hey, we can't do anything to the players because of the collective bargaining agreement. And he said the thing about a piece of metal, blah, blah, blah. I get that. And everybody, Bernie yesterday was saying it. Stalter was saying it. Michelle Smallman was saying it. I get it that because of the CBA, you can't go after those players. Mm-hmm. But why wouldn't you call out the union and say, hey, your guys cheated. What are you going to do about it? Or is that a simpleton way? Because it would make Major League Baseball look better if
0: at least they did that as opposed to going,
1: eh, we can't do anything.
0: Well, a couple things. And I'm asking because I don't know. And and I could be wrong with what I'm about to say, but I thought Tony Clark, who's the head of the Major League Baseball Players Association, put out a statement yesterday saying something to the effect that, that Manfred did have the ability to discipline those players but chose not to. So I thought one that they could, and for two, I, I mean for two, this thing is such a freaking mess. But you, like, know, but you know what I'm yeah, saying, no, though, I, right?
1: They're all hiding behind this the screen of we can't do anything. It's all on the union. Cool. Then call the union out and they, say, uh, dude, these are your guys, and you're gonna just let them cheat. What about all the other players that are in your union that are pissed? So Donnie, they,
2: you're you're hitting on something there. You're you're close. Okay, Manfred is allowed to. Discipline the players. He's 100 allowed to do it. The problem is, is they'll go right to the union and file a grievance. The mm-hmm. reason the grievance will stick and the suspension won't is because there's never been rules in place. So there's no actual rules in place that say you can't wear a fucking shock collar on the baseball field and find out through a camera that he's throwing a slider. You can't right. do it. So now, watch. Moving forward, all of these rules will be in place and it will be broad enough that it'll be any form of cheating. It won't just be electrical devices. It won't just be banging trash cans. It's going
1: to be like anything. So we needed this to happen so that we can deal with it if it happens again. Just
2: like anything in life when you go and you sign a contract or you go somewhere and you buy something, and then you look at the fine print, right, and it has something fucking ludicrous written on there. You're like, why the hell would they have this? You know, you can't buy this, or this should, What doesn't apply to somebody with a wooden leg on a Tuesday where it's windy. You're like, mm-hmm. who the fuck would do that's because it's happened, and you can't fix situations, and you can't add addendums to rules and contracts until it happens. Until something happens. And then you go, oh, my God, I never thought this would be a problem, but now we got to address Has it.
1: Has there ever been something like this in the NHL?
2: No. I mean, how the hell would you do
1: that? Think of the real time. Well, I don't. In the I NHL. don't mean necessarily pass to pass yeah. D. I just mean somebody going above and beyond the rules, like the outside of the spectrum of the rules, to gain wins. No, I mean and the only If thing- so, you know, all these pitchers are like, if I throw inside, I may throw inside, or this that. Uh, you, I can imagine somebody trying to exact revenge on the ice that would turn into a criminal offense, I'd imagine. Yeah,
2: the worst I've ever heard of is somebody videotaping a practice leading up to a playoff series, yeah, right, uh-huh. where they're videotaping a power play or a penalty kill or something like that. But at the end of the day, hockey's hockey. You still have to execute.
1: It's And it's too much real time. Too Everything much, is too much too real quick, time. There's so many really, variables. Yeah. It's
0: not just a pitcher and a hitter. Yeah. My son asked me, we went to a hockey game Tuesday night, and on the way there... He asked me, "Dad, who do you hate more now, the Cubs or the Astros?" And I never thought that there would be a day where I would say that I hated a baseball team more than the Chicago Cubs. But that day is here, yeah. and it's the Houston Astros, well, but- and it, it is just this. It, this whole thing is so just like all of the lies on top of the lies. Altuve saying oh, the, 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 the 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 tattoo under ca- the collarbone, <laughs> or that his wife didn't want to see him with the sh- get the hell out of here. That is the You can tell me that all you want, but you're full of shit, and we all know. It It, it would have just been so much better. And, again, hindsight 2020, if they would have just came out day one of spring training and went, we did it. We messed up. This – we just wanted to – whatever they say, just be friggin' honest about it, man. Like, I, I would not have empathy for you. I would not root for them. But I would respect that a hell of a lot more than the Jim Crane bullshit right. of last week. Yeah. I mean, like, all of it has just been – how the, anyone in their PR department still has a gig and has had the same gig for six months. They have just made one crucially terrible mistake after the other. And what bothers me more about it than anything else is – is baseball doesn't freaking need this, man. No. Baseball as a whole does not need this. I'm watching a game right now that I don't completely recognize as a mm-hmm. guy that's been a fan of the game for 30-some-odd years.
1: Do so you think that's why Manfred tried to just go, yeah, we can't do anything about it, let's move on? Well,
0: one of the reasons that I think, and this is just me talking, and I'm not a conspiracy theory guy, I think the Patriots, that this is it? more <laughs> prevalent than... We thought, I you know think it's funny
1: you say that because I got puckered right away.
0: I was like, oh, my God, who's the next team? I, I, I think that that outside of the Red Sox and the Yankees who were already suspected of it, I think that there has been others. And I think that they were afraid to dig too deep to find out what else they were going to find and who else they were going to have to discipline. So, And maybe that's not true, but it just Dude, it just breaks my freaking heart. Like, I love baseball so much, but it's one goddamn thing after another, mm-hmm. man. Yeah. Like, I just, like, I, it just, it really, it really frustrates me. And I don't want to see anyone get hurt, but if those guys get drilled in, in, the, in the butt cheek 67 times, 90 times this year, they goddamn deserve every single one that they get. I think yeah. the
1: fans are going to let them have it. I really, really do, oh, God, and yeah. I think that's oh, the... Honestly, I think fans should, that too. Absolutely. Yeah. I think How that's the you best revenge. For a
0: team like that? If the Cardinals did that and they found out the Cardinals did that, I, I don't know that I could root. I, I could not tough. root. For, until there, you got rid of that entire regime everybody.
1: and players. Yeah, yeah completely douched yeah. the team out eventually uh, over the years or whatever. And I, and I read a headline that an actual fan of theirs is actually suing them. I, I read that as because well. Because of the playoffs and the ticket prices went higher or something I, I like that? I believe so. And what about not the fan that's yeah, that tr- would be kind of false advertising. What do you mean?
2: Well, if you raise the pr- price of tickets, oh, well, we've won a world series, we've been back, but yeah, but it's tainted,
0: right? Right, you so yeah. why are
2: you raising my prices because you guys are fucking cheaters? That's a good man. point, yeah.
0: Just wow. it, it just I just hate it so much, man. And I again, it's just a sport that I love, and I, I I hate seeing that 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 sort of thing, but you know, I mean, at this point, I just don't understand why you just don't go out and own it. And people already think the worst of you now, anyway. Right, yeah. How so just work, go out, worse, yeah. let it out, and and yeah, let her go. To On me, it. it's
2: the tap dancing around it that's been the biggest insult to all of us. Yeah. And you know, you talk about this conspiracy theory. Well, you're not wrong. Okay. And I think that Manfred, and I don't think I actually know for a fact he's trying to keep the Major League Baseball brand healthy because it has taken a beating because TV ratings are down because people are consistently looking for ways to make the game better. So he's trying to not have a complete shit show happen. And, yes, there's more than one team that's involved. Now, they haven't gone digging in other places, but, yeah, the Red Sox, the Yankees, everybody's had these hmm moments where you're like, yeah, they've been accused of stealing some signs. They've done a few things here and there. They've prepped a certain way. Now, nobody's outwardly banged on a fucking trash can right. or zapped the guy at the plate, you know, but... I think before you go digging up one body be better be careful that there's not several
0: in that grave right? and and you wonder, yeah, who are those names, and then you start wondering you know then it's 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 the overall health of the game and and you know, man, I'm already not super stoked about the cardinal season already, and then you have this on top of it, and then the way the league seems to there's i think there's thirty two teams in major league baseball, and it seems like by June. Early July, maybe mid, mid-June, mid we're going to know the 8 to 10 teams yeah. that have a shot. The rest are going to be completely effing out of it with no chance to win. And so then we're going to start seeing the half-empty ballparks m- less than halfway through
1: the season. Question for you. Um, do the Astros at home and on the road, do they draw a big crowd because of this? Like, um, would you like to go to the first Astros game here in St. Louis to see the reaction and to give them hell? Like, will this keep you from yeah, going you know when they come to town or will you more want to go when they come to town because it's them?
2: I'm okay going to town here because my ticket is going to in my beer and my everything is going to support the Cardinals Yeah, and at the same time if I'm loaded up enough and I'm looking around I can unload on some of these guys if I went I'd want tickets right near their dugout just to lay into them for right. nine innings straight yeah. and be like they have to kick me out of the building. I would do that now as far as being a Houston Astros fan, if I was in Houston, I would probably want
1: to hold back from going because I wouldn't want to support that team. Agreed. Yeah, That's my opinion. You know Just, what? And to move to a positive and to move yeah, to but, hockey, I am so, was so happy that I was at the game Tuesday night. Uh, we had Riz Show live there, and it was fantastic. I loved it. I want to do it again. I want to keep doing it. We're 3-0 when we're there, but I'm so upset that I didn't get to hear you on 101 doing your in-between periods pre- and post- how much fun was that?
0: Well, I mean, it's... Uh, man, dude, I mean, th- the whole thing, man. Like, this this last, like, year since we've been with Hubbard. Hail Hubbard. Hail Hubbard. H- has been... It, it, man, and, and like, I, I don't mean to be this way, but it's been, like, fucking pinch-me moment after pinch-me moment. The fact that I even got to pop on air with the Fastlane the first time with Randy Carricker and BT and Ranj was amazing. Then I was on with Bernie a couple of weeks ago doing the podcast with Jamie and with you you know, like doing these blue notes during games, mm-hmm. and then hey, do you want to go to the press? Yes, yeah, you, you know do. what I mean. Yeah, the yeah. only thing that I think was very funny is is after the first first intermission, uh, the, everybody was still kind of BSing in, in the press box, and Ben and I wanted to go sit back and and watch a game, you know. And so Ben and I said to Michelle, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna go walk back." <laughs> and so as I'm walking through the the press area, there were like two security guys that were like. You clearly yeah. do not belong here. You new. Are like, <laughs> where, where are you guys' escorts? And I was like, we're sitting right over there. Yeah. We're getting right out. what well, is you but, guys had escorts? <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah, High dollar. Color. I just, High want, dollar. just want to clarify <laughs> that to our listeners. <laughs> but was, Escort doesn't mean that to everybody, Jamie. <laughs> but but <saying> it, <laughs> it, it was really, man, it was really cool. The one thing, man, I want to ask specifically about the game Tuesday night. Um, I understand that that the Blues have a tendency lately to maybe run into some hot goaltenders and that sort of thing. And that, that kid on Tuesday night made some unbelievable saves. There's no doubt about it. And I know that this is not easier said than done, but at the end of the day, man, don't you got to figure out a way to get some of those in? And I, again, I understand that that's easier said than done. I, I get that, but man, like... This is a good team, and it seems like there are chances that that the pucks just aren't falling in there that maybe last year or the end of last year that they were, or and, even the beginning of this
1: year that they were. And the poster boy for that, at least Tuesday night, was Jaden Schwartz because when he scored, he you saw him just go. I mean, yeah. if he was in – he should have lit a like a, a votive candle and <laughs> knelt down and said thank you very much because he's been that guy. He's been one of those guys that runs into the hot goaltender, hits a goal post, or misses an open net.
2: Yeah, look, it's tough, okay, guys? You don't go out there and shoot the puck to hit the goalie on purpose. Uh, Never do you do that or try to miss the net or miss an opportunity. Uh, Sometimes they just don't go in, and it's just like baseball or golf or any other sport where, you know, maybe you're not hitting the ball. Maybe golf, you're shanking. What do I got to do to readjust? Well, you're Tiger Woods. Figure it out, right? Okay, but it's not that easy. I've got to find a way to readjust, get back on the range. And so same as we loop back to hockey, same thing gotta get busy in practice. Get out early, get on the ice and put yourself in situations where you have been in the last handful of games and shoot 50 pucks. Shoot 40 pucks. You know, do 25 backhands. Start doing deflections. Have a goalie out there, work on rebounds, find a way to beat the goalie who's going down. Like you have to continue to try and evolve your game even though you're an NHLer and maybe you've scored 30, 40 goals in the past. Now you're in a bit of a dry spell. You got to get find a way to get back into what I call you know the good zone where you're scoring
0: goals again. Okay, th- now that said, though, we're at a point of the season with 25 games left. The Blues have seemingly been playing for like the last almost two years. How do you balance extra work to dig in With man, you really do for your physical well being have to make sure that you're getting rested, not burning yourself out. Okay, but what I'm
2: talking about, guys, and this is a part of the skill development that you know kind of falls into my realm of things. What I do with these guys and with other players is it doesn't consist of bagging yourself out there. You don't have to skate for an hour. Mm -hmm. Just put yourself in that position and start training the brain. That's the way I call it. Just train your brain to go back to what you know how to do and put yourself back on track. So it could take you 15 minutes of just standing out there, barely breaking a sweat, but you've actually accomplished a whole lot Got in 15 minutes. And,
1: and, and I think a com- combination of the two things that you guys are saying is what they say down the hall all the time is, yeah, you're not having success five games in a row, but you're doing your game plan. So you have to st- – in other words, they're doing what coaches telling them to do. The pucks just weren't going in. So you keep doing that until they do start going in.
2: Yeah, and that's the thing too is – It'd be one thing if the Blues weren't getting scoring chances because that, to me, is by far a bigger problem. When you can't produce opportunities, well, now what, right? So that falls on more than just like your regular habits. That's a whole group concept and team system that you're like, okay, this ain't working. Now the Blues have had several opportunities, and they've had a little bit of uh, a little lack of puck luck. At times, there's been posts, there's been on the goal line, there's been missed opportunities, open nets where it's just sitting there and they fired it wide. Uh, But I'm okay with the opportunities because percentages tell me that you have enough of those chances, they are going to start going in. And when they start going in, it's amazing how it just turns. All of a sudden, those shots that weren't going in start going in, and even shots
1: that shouldn't go in start to go in. So it's funny because you go, you sit here and go, ah, man, we just ran into a hot goaltender. But if he wasn't a hot goaltender, you'd have had a bunch of goals, which means you're doing what you're supposed to do. Exactly. He was just better that night. So the next night, do what you're supposed to do, stay on the game plan, and eventually they'll go And that's
2: the hardest part is staying on the game plan because automatically it's human nature to think, I'm doing something wrong. I need to change. Or – I'm not gonna I'm not gonna shoot him. I'm gonna pass because I can't freaking score. I suck, you know. So I'm gonna pass it over. So else oh, So mental. So man. it comes to you oh. into like the slot area where you have a golden opportunity, like one time a puck, and then all of a sudden you stop it and pass it outside of the scoring area because you're like, ah, I don't want to shoot it. Well, no, you need to stay in the zone of, give me the puck, I want to shoot it. I'm the best option. You have to continue to tell yourself this stuff in order to stay in that It's so funny because
1: the people I think do it that I know and I've seen do that are the younger guys. I've I've seen uh, Thomas do that where he's a hell of a passer. Don't get me wrong. He could be the best passer in Blues history eventually. Who knows? But every once in a while he needs to shoot it. You know, he, the old joke of Craig Janney would probably pass it on a, on a shootout. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And who's the other one? Kairos the same way. Sometimes you just want him to light it up, you know. These young guys have a hard time, and I can
2: tell you from experience that when you get to the team, you don't want to take an opportunity to shoot the puck and miss or make it the wrong play or somebody's open and you hurt their feelings. I don't mean guys go back and be like, that's bullshit. You hurt my feelings. You feel that it's way. It's just
1: understood it's kind of there. But you just yeah.
2: feel that way, right? Because yeah. the veteran will be pissed and be like, hey, hey, Cairo, I was fucking wide open back door, dude. Right. You got to have a look. you know." So next time, what do you think is going through his head? There might be nobody there the but next gonna time. Look for, but he's yeah. going to look and pause yeah. and wait. And then so now you're in his head, right? So the best thing you can tell your veteran players is shut the hell up. If you're Craig Berube, you're like, just shut up. Productive, you know, help and criticism – but never mind the other bullshit. I was open here, got to do this, got to do that, because the coaches are already in their ears right. all the time. The video doesn't lie. It shows them everything they need to know. If you start getting the veterans and the most popular guys, the most powerful guys on the team, Stanley Cup champions in your ear, now you're all messed up. You yeah. don't know whether to shit
0: or wind your watch. <laughs> right. And it's like, what am I doing here? Yeah. So Blues make a trade uh, on Tuesday. Uh, and, and I was so excited to find out after the fact that our new defenseman's Uh, Uncle was Sergio Mameso, yeah. (laughs) Which which is just very St. Louis of me. I understand uh that, but uh, Marco Scandella, uh, the defenseman. Uh, Jamie, can you kind of talk about him? From what I understand, big, uh, physical guy will throw the body around. Kind of a steady Eddie uh, defenseman. Is he? I mean, is he going to play? Will he be in that top six?
1: He's a he's a minutes guy, right?
2: Yeah, he. You know, look, he has been on other teams. Will he be here? You know, to be determined, obviously, he's going to have to play well. He'll get opportunity for sure. But yeah, he's a six foot three, 220 pound guy, left handed shot. So, you know, although he's not an exact replica of Jay Bowmeister, uh, you're coming pretty close to at least being the same style of player. Mm-hmm. Uh, he does play physical when he needs to. He'll eat pucks like it's his living. He doesn't care. He'll block shots all over the ice with his face, with whatever. Uh, so that's going to be a big part of it, too, because the Blues like to. Limit the opposition shots on goal. And, and he's great in his defensive zone. He's long and rangy. He does take away time and space. He's got a good stick. So I, I think people are going to be happy. And to me, the biggest thing is he's
1: really motivated to be here. You okay, know, so maybe through, that maybe that answers what I was going to say. But he's he's a couple of trades since January, right? Well, he's gone through a bit of a you – know, he's been
2: tough times, right? Okay. So he goes from Minnesota, which we should know him best from that time in Minnesota, where he was very effective as a defenseman, and he was really good against the Blues when he was with the Wild. Get traded to Buffalo, Oof. or I think no, he signed in Buffalo. And there we exactly go. right. Yep. So where careers go to die, yep. anyways. Uh, at I the just,
1: time, though, how long ago did he sign with them? Because at the time, they were kind of on the upswing, didn't they well, have a good no, start to the season? Or no? well,
2: yeah, okay, so you're you're half right. They did, but this is like during the Ryan O'Reilly calling the team out and him leaving, and okay. then him being exiled from Buffalo because, you know, how dare you say you don't love hockey and you play for the Buffalo Sabres. Right. Well, and all he did is go and win the Stanley Cup. Pretty
1: good place to be exiled. Yeah,
2: sorry about that, Buffalo. Uh, Well, during that offseason, they signed Marco Scandella, and they did. They came out of the gate with, like, 10 straight wins or something like that. Then they went right back
1: to where they (sighs) were before. Right.
2: And it's been that way, up and down, up and down. The culture hasn't been great. They've gone through two head coaches in that time. The
1: situation's never really... It's never stabilized.
2: And so Marco Scandella was traded to Montreal. And, you know, he was playing there and playing a little more of a prominent role, but not where he once was. And so to get the trade to St. Louis to go from you know, Buffalo for one thing. then Montreal is a fantastic city. They have a good young team and they might get in the playoffs this year, but it's still a different world when you go from a team that's scraping to get into the playoffs to Stanley cup champions, you know, and you come into a situation where you're going to be partnered with probably Colton Pareko or Alex Petrangelo. Like how amazing is that? (laughs) Even if you're partnered with Justin Falk, which by the way, if you listen to Doug Armstrong in his press conference, following the trade, he talks about how, you know, Marcos is in a great situation. Imagine going to a team where, you know, you're slotted in and your partner on the right side is going to be Pareko, Petrangelo, or Falk, which tells me, guess what? He wants to get Falk back on right. the right side. Yeah, yeah. Why would he even say that in the press conference? Otherwise he'd say, Well, you'll be slotted in and we got left side where we got Falk. He wouldn't say that. He he flat out said he's got, you know, Falk on the right side. So maybe this gives him ability now to get Justin Falk back on the right side. And you got Dunn, Gunnerson, and Scandella on the left side. Bortuzzo will work his way in and out of the lineup. Or him and Gunnarsson will have that little rotation that they go in. And I think you've solidified your back end after a major loss in Jay Bomeister. Well, and major. you
1: did say, I guess it was last podcast, maybe two ago, that one of the possible problems with Falk is he's on the wrong side. You have a different angle to everything that you see, so this yeah. could help him out.
2: Yeah, I think it'll maybe create a little normalcy to his game to where he can focus on getting back to what he does best, and, and hopefully he finds that quickly. And if he gets a good partner on the left-hand side, whether it's Gunnerson, Dunn, or Scandella – it's all the best for, for Justin Fogg. It's going to be much better for him.
0: Do you see uh, the Blues making any more deals before the the trade deadline on Monday?
2: No, I don't. Um, here's where they're at, right? Vladdy Tarasenko is probably going to come back early. Based on everything we're hearing in the media and from Doug Armstrong himself, probably going to come back. Possib- second week of tonight? March. Possibly oh, no, tonight? No, no, no. <laughs> I'd love that, but I know. <laughs> no. Great, right, no. oh my God! So and second week
1: of March-ish. Maybe, ish. You maybe. know, like obviously... At the soonest.
2: That's, I mean, that's being completely optimistic about it, but yeah. even if it was the third week of March... Right, yeah, yeah. Whatever, he's coming back, and... So that's $7 million coming back to your lineup. Mm-hmm. You have $200,000 right now as a buffer zone. Oh, so geez. what are you going to do? Right? Like, what can you do? There's no trade to be had. I mean, you just went and made your trade for Scandela
1: because it was a position of need. And you had to do that. Well, he even said that, right? He was like, hey, I've been saying how defense is we weren't going to touch. Now we had to. That's right. And yeah. I,
2: I, Stalter and I were talking about it, shoot, I think mid last week or right the day after actually – uh, the Jay Bowmeister thing, and I had said, "Listen, that's never mind." Chris Kreider in a top six forward. I said, "I think that Doug Armstrong has to go get a defenseman now. He's mm-hmm. got to get a top four shutdown D because Jay Bowmeister was way more important than anybody could ever imagine to that that back end." And so Army was forced to go make that deal and get a defenseman, to which an area he wasn't going to address. And now, what do you do? What do you want to go get Chris Kreider? Well, you got to send six million dollars the other way then. Right. Yeah. You know, and who's yeah. that? Right. You don't have that. No. Uh-uh. Not, not to, if you're going to go look to repeat. Right. So I think he's done, barring maybe some tinkering, maybe like one small player for
1: another one. But even then, why would you do it? Nothing that's going to make you go, oh my gosh, Army just made a, a deal or something. Not like
2: unless that. there's some major setback with Vladdy before right. Monday's trade deadline.
1: Okay. So, question for you, and this is just throwing it out there because I think it'll be amazing. But they, do they do it this year or do they wait until next year? When do they roll out Jay Bomeester at home?
0: Uh well, I think they probably figure out what he's gonna do, like if he's gonna retire or not.
1: I would right? imagine there's one foot in the retirement. Oh, I would side think so too, things. but maybe he's just there not there. The or whole maybe there's whole body in the retirement. Okay, zone, so it just hasn't been formalized yeah, yet.
2: And look, I think that what Doug Armstrong said was was great. You know, we're just letting Jay get comfortable with his new life, his new right. normal. Yeah. You know, because guys it, it's such it is a hard time. When you retire like since I was four years old, I've been told what to do, where to be, what what time. You know, every, you're a robot for hockey.
1: And yeah, I remember Jackman was in here. Yeah. He's was like,
2: uh, the only thing I have scheduled every day is picking up my kid. It's right. Yeah, <laughs> right. That's it's it. It's tough. And, you know, for, so for a guy like Jay Bomeester, who's the same boat, and he's been playing now, he's 36 years old. Now all of a sudden you're like, you wake up one day and you can't do it anymore. It's not like you've sat there and you go, okay, it's time. Right. Let's have the family talk, you know. Now it's just gone. And I know that feeling because that happened to me. It was just gone. And you're like, okay, well, what now? I'm going to go freaking nuts. Right. And so I think that giving him some time and space right now, it's the last year of his contract. He's on a one-year deal. So it's not like he's got four years left on the deal where they have to make these big decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Army said that he would address the media in like seven to ten days. Uh, he's been around the locker room a little bit already. Greg Ruby said he's welcome anytime. Yeah. In fact, encourages it because everybody loves Jay. So I, I think that that retirement is coming. I know it's coming for a couple of reasons. One, when I played with Yuri Fisher, uh, it was just over. You can't play hockey with a pacemaker in. Uh, maybe you can, okay? Like maybe you can play at the Brentwood Hockey League and, and get away with it.
1: Well, spinning wheels, maybe old wheels, yeah, yeah. spinning wheels. But <laughs> Thanks, now guys. The, the
2: thing that people don't realize is there's a, an insurance policy that goes on the entire team that the, the club buys. Mm. And so when there's injuries, the insurance policy picks up the salary for those players. The problem is nobody's going to insure Jay Bowmeister. Mm. Not going to insure him. He's going to be uninsurable. I know right. I was that guy. Mm. Hey, I'd like to play. Okay, great. Yeah, we'd like to sign. Oh, yeah, they said, yeah, you can't play. So, sorry, I we love you, and you're a hell of a guy, and you can probably still play, but we can't get insured on this thing, and we're not going to have this liability suit lying over our head if something goes sideways. Right. So, And let's be honest, Jay, Bo Meester, you're 36 years old. You've had an incredible fucking career. you got a gold medal in the Olympics, a gold medal in the world championships. You have a Stanley Cup ring. You have a beautiful family. You're probably going to be able to step into a job with the St. Louis Blues in a development or scouting capacity. And whenever you tell Army, he's going to just give it to you. Just sit back. Enjoy your life. Do you think yeah.
1: he's going to be smart enough to do all, everything you just said right there? Yes, I think so. Now I shouldn't it, say smart, level-headed enough.
0: Oh, it's it's tough. Just, the, the abrupt ending is what would just absolutely. The, the crush only me, thing, man. and
1: this is this isn't even in the same hemisphere of being told what to, not told what to do. Uh, you know, being an NHL hockey player, and making all that money, and your schedule is done for you, and you don't have to think. But it's kind of, sort of like getting fired in radio, because you are on the other side of the velvet rope. You know what I mean? You you have all of the riches that radio gives you, as far as the perks and everything. Then all of a sudden, sh- gone. You can't even get in the building anymore, right? So I can't imagine how much of a punch in the face that is.
2: It is now
1: to so all I, well, the other thing, and I, I'm sorry I keep going back to Jackman, but he said I didn't even. He had to do a couple of surgeries or whatever because yeah. of his. he didn't even know how to make a doctor appointment. No, he didn't know. He's like an insurance card. What are you talking about? Yeah, a copay, huh? You know, that sort of thing. No, he's right. Startling. That's something we never talk about, which we actually,
2: for one episode, we should get a couple of the old guys in here and go over. We'd be how, okay with that. You'd yeah, I'm, okay a, I'm that, in. Yeah. Get a guy like Jackman maybe back in here, maybe a guy like Tony Twist. Yeah. Come in here and talk about because his his career ended abruptly, to a motorcycle accident. Yeah, motorcycle accident, accident yeah. You know, and just see how the process is for each guy. It'd be kind of interesting. Maybe, I don't know, shoot us an email. What's
0: our email address? Uh, LMBP, last minute blues podcast at 1057 com. Send it on over. Yeah. yeah, let us know if you're interested in that and, and
2: any other ideas, too, for shows because we're open to it. Uh, pretty much any platform of any
0: any idea for it. 100%. Did you just see that? That was an expert goddamn radio transition (laughs) from Jamie
1: Rivers. (laughs) I've said this a million times, and I know it's going to go straight to his fat head, but... He is not a former hockey player anymore. The dude's a broadcaster. Yeah, he is. He is. <laughs> really, and where you made the turn was on the TV last year with the Blues, honestly. Because the, two years ago, I could see that was Jamie, the former hockey player, who was learning. The last time I saw it was last year, knocking it out of the
0: park. Now, see, now not you're really, really – I, I, really, I, I mean, have. you're pumping up the ego, man. Say it again. <laughs> I never made that – I
1: never <laughs> – but here, this is me making arrears because I never yeah. complimented on his hockey playing. no. No. <laughs> Hell of a broadcaster. As a hockey player, you're a hell of a broadcaster, and You really are. (laughs) But you now have one more more skill in life than me, so just saying.
0: Well, Blues and the Coyotes tonight. Again, emails for us, lmbp at 1057thepoint.com. It's the Last Minute Blues podcast. Jamie Rivers, Jeff Burton, Donnie Fandango, as always. We appreciate you listening, and let's go Blues. The Last Minute Blues podcast. Hear more at 1057thepoint.com